You're listening to the ANA Podcast Network, powered by Odyssey, a leading multi-platform audio content and entertainment company. Listen on the Odyssey app. Hello, and welcome to the Marketing Futures Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Burbridge. If you've used generative AI like ChatGPT, and if you haven't, what are you waiting for? You know there's a lot it's capable of. But is an AI system as sophisticated as ChatGPT able to run marketing for a billion-dollar brand? That's what my guest today tried to figure out. Gonzalo Garcia Villanueva, CMO of GFK, and Margaret Adi, Vice President of Strategic Marketing and CX Services at Hubble, partnered to pit CMO against AI as Gonzalo went one-on-one with Ruby, a fully synthesized person using ChatGPT for a brain. The two debated various hot topics in the industry, and by the end, a winner was declared. Today, we're going behind the scenes of this iconic clash of the titans to learn about the inspiration behind the idea, the various forms of AI that were used to make Ruby a reality, and how to get GPT thinking like a CMO. All right, everybody, we are back in the ANA Marketing Futures virtual podcast studio and i have a super super cool episode planned for all of you uh so let's jump right in and welcome our guests gonzalo garcia villanueva cmo of gfk and margaret adi vice president of strategic marketing and cx services at hubble gonzalo margaret thank you so so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to be on the podcast today happy to be here thank you for having us Ah, it's it's a pleasure. So we're going to dive into this absolutely fascinating video, and it'll be in the link wherever this podcast exists. So you've got to really go check this out. Let's start off by letting everybody know who the two of you are. Gonzalo and Margaret, can you please tell us a little bit about yourselves and how your journeys led you to GFK and Hubble, respectively? Oh, again, thank you, Michael, for having me here. You know, as a as a, a reader and listener of ANA, it's great to be in this podcast. Um I have had the luxury, I guess, of working for 20, many, 20 some years in the marketing industry, which I, is, a, is a love, I, is a job I continue, you know, being passionate about. And I think is a something we should cherish. 20 some years ago, again, um, which makes me feel a bit older, I started in Fujitsu, where I spent 11 years. Mm. Amazing company. Many people don't know that it's one of the top IT services and consulting companies worldwide, with, you know, competing with the likes of, you know, IBM and Accenture and many others. Had many roles over there, uh, from product marketing leadership all the way to regional marketing leadership roles, functional marketing, and so on and so forth. Uh, after 11 years, I took a tough decision to move when I was approached by Bloomberg, another amazing company. Also, as you can see in the theme, tech-related, mm-hmm. um, they, they have the, probably the leading financial data and technology solution out there, the Bloomberg Terminal. And I spent another nine years, again, great companies, so 20 years in just two companies. Bloomberg, you know, in the last six years, probably I was leading international marketing, Europe, Middle East and Africa, APAC, and even uh, LATAM for a few years. So it got me traveling around the world a lot, which my older daughter used to complain a lot about. And then, you know, um, GFK was also going through an amazing transformation, trying to become almost like the Bloomberg of uh, tech and durables, which I think we've been very successful at. And that's when I moved here as the global CMO of GFK, you know, three years ago. So you can see a topic there of tech and and transformation and software and so on. And it's no coincidence. I'm a tech engineer. That's what I did, you know, almost 30 years ago. 
Uh, and that's why one of the other reasons why I'm so excited to talk AI, to talk anything tech. Very, very cool. Margaret. So first of all, I also share Gonzalo's sentiment. I'm really excited to be here. Um, my name is Margaret. I have worked in marketing-related fields for longer than I'd like to admit now, um, probably around somewhere between 10 and 15 years. Um, and prior to that, I worked in market research. So I, I'm actually relatively new with Hubble. I started here in 2020. And I always kind of thought that working for a marketing agency would be quite fun, just because it gives such a wide variety of, of different projects to work on and different people to work with. Um, Until you and, met Ruby and me, right? <laughs> of course, I was actually just about to say, it's it's fantastic getting to work with Gonzalo and as well with the GFK team. So that's been fabulous. Before that, I was CMO and vice president of marketing for several different small startups. My role was really around like marketing strategy and then building up and hiring and developing the teams obviously in a leadership role to grow the companies so that they weren't little startups anymore, which worked quite well because they then ultimately were acquired. So that was a fun journey. Lots of different hats to wear in that role. I could imagine. Um, and again, previously before that, I worked in market research in Los Angeles for companies like the Walt Disney Company, the Oprah Winfrey Network, and I held leadership roles there which again has worked out quite well working together with GFK, understanding kind of with a bit of a market research background. Fantastic. And you may have heard Gonzalo mention Ruby, who has yet to join us on this podcast, but she will be here later. So this is actually what the episode's all about. Gonzalo went head to head in a debate about marketing with Ruby an AI-generated avatar that was using ChatGPT, the shiny object of the day, and really gateway to something very, very, very momentous and important. But this debate was just absolutely fascinating. Like I said, definitely you must go check it out. There will be a link in the description. But can you tell us about the inspiration behind this idea to debate ChatGPT over the uh, subject of marketing? Well, I'll, I'll start by saying that obviously ChatGPT has been a very hot topic for quite a while. It's been, you know, building up. And, and as I mentioned before, tech and AI has always been super interesting for me. We ourselves in, in, in GFK, as we were transforming our products, the first thing we did is put it on a 24-7 available subscription on a really super cool software with, you know, smart interface. And it has pockets of AI functionality there uh, to calculate, you know, some of the whether it's forecasts or you know analytics and so on and so forth. So for me, it's always been super interesting and anything related to innovation will be a good thing from a marketing standpoint to link to the campaigns. But on this one, I'm going to hand over to Margaret because the truth is the genius of the idea came from Margaret, Margaret and the team working with my amazing product marketing team uh, where they really connected the, the dots on that. And rather, rather than starting to talk theoretically about it, they came up with the idea of how to do this, which I thought it was genius. But I'm not going to take any credit for that. So I'll, I'll let her talk about how, how they came up with it. Well, I mean, I think right now we're just seeing so many practical and innovative uses for AI. Um, having, having worked at tech startups, I'm also very, very interested in the topic. And I think there's really a huge debate right now about which tasks AI can take over from humans, 
which it can't, and how or if humans can really work together with AI to make our own lives better, or smarter, or happier. So the inspiration was really around that. And then knowing how GFK has transformed its product and uses AI in its key product, GFK Neuron, we thought, well, this would be a fun way to kind of look at how AI could potentially go head to head against a CMO. So we pitched that idea to Gonzalo, who was up for it. And Ruby was briefed, which I think we'll get into a bit later. With both of us working in marketing, we also wanted to tackle key kind of marketing questions within the debate and how a CMO could build a strategy or an AI robot could build a strategy around those topics. Love it. And I honestly, it really, more than anything else, more than even me interacting with ChatGPT, the debate really solidified what AI is capable of and what AI desperately needs help with. I just really think that it was, it's an incredibly, for any uh, marketers out there that still, you know what ChatGPT does, but you really haven't wrapped your head around it. This video is an excellent use case uh, to see it in action. But let's actually jump into the briefing right now because for Ruby to even stand a chance against Gonzalo, it needed to be briefed. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it was just a big marketing data dump. Here's like, here's the first hundred pages of AdAge. Let's go. Can you take us through the briefing process and everything that was taken into consideration? Yeah, of course. This was one of the most fun pieces of the entire debate, um, trying to come up with ways to, to make AI smarter than Gonzalo, which... Well, which you'll have to watch the debate to see if mm -hmm. that turned out. <laughs> no spoilers. I think with AI and I mean, generally with technology, it's only as smart as the people working with it. So whether that's developing the technology itself or kind of coming up with these briefings and with chat GPT, it's, it's quite interesting. I mean, you can ask very general questions or you can work on prompts, uh, which which can really help the AI to understand what, what you're asking of it. So we spent quite a bit of time coming up with the right prompts for Ruby and, and adjusting those to make that AI as smart as it possibly could. Again, if we had said, tell me about brand purpose or write a LinkedIn post, I think this video would have been quite boring. So instead to brief this AI to really act as a CMO, we explained that we wanted it to act as a CMO at a large company with specific goals and challenges and tasks in mind. And then we also explained things like, you know, how important it is to act in a company's best interest, how certain data plays into the challenges and planning these days and how this particular debate required Ruby to not just come up with strategies, but really also kind of tactical ways of achieving the strategies that we were talking about. Uh, no, I was going to say that we obviously spent quite a lot of time thinking and talking about it. I think, obviously, you know, again, we would encourage people to watch the video because you can see that the outcome is excellent. Like the answers are not just super smart, which they are, I think, but they are in the context of CMO. Right. It, it's what you would expect in a discussion with a CMO. You know, our company makes around a billion dollars a year and, and it comes with answers of companies that can do that. Probably if you are 
managing a company that's making 10 million a year, they would be very different. So I think, you know, Margaret and the team did an amazing job in, in briefing it. Uh, but yes, it, it brings you back to the fact that you always needed a human to brief the, the machine. We also tried to do the briefing in a way that it was not only going to make people aware of the amazing potential of something like, you know, ChatGPT or Ruby um, in this particular case, but also to make it fun. So mm-hmm. obviously, in some cases, we brief Ruby, uh, you know, to be playful with us and, and so that I can also, you know, have some banter. But yeah, it, it just reminds us, like, there were humans developing a lot of AI forms, whether it's ChatGPT, more the generative new stuff or previously machine learning or everything else. You need to brief it um, and you need to also then do the quality testing or, you know, just looking at the results. Um, fun, fun process again, fun to test it. Yeah, and the the outcome was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it was it was really cool to see that Ruby had personality traits imbued into the answers in a very subtle way. Like it was all very nuanced and very subtle. And I think that that speaks so much to the importance of knowing how to talk to AI. You know what I mean? Because AI doesn't think the way we think. So it, the more you can kind of wrap your head around how AI thinks, I think the better you can utilize that tool because that's really all it is. It's a tool. Really fantastic. And yeah, Ruby was a cheeky AI bot at times. Yeah, but, uh, Ruby got pretty feisty sometimes. Um, yeah. We dealt with it. <laughs> yes. Um, this is how Skynet begins, everybody. No, I'm kidding. Um, so... ChatGPT wasn't actually the only AI used in making all of this a reality. Uh, what other elements were in there to to bring Ruby and this debate to life? Well, I mean, I think when we when we got inspired by the idea and started kind of building it out, the thinking was, how much can we use AI across this entire video? So we looked at different AI technologies. We decided to go with ChatGPT just because it is so talked about right now. And it's quite frankly, also so easy to use. So all of the briefing, all of the answers from Ruby were from ChatGPT, but then we also used an AI generator for creating the voice for Ruby. And we used that with a company called Eleven Labs, which was again, fantastic also to use. You can you can really input any text. Obviously, we did from ChatGPT, and it will read it out loud for you. You can choose different voices, so that that was quite fun to play around with. And then we also, for the intro and outro music, used a company called Beethoven.ai, which allows you to have AI generated music. Again, very very cool company. That's so cool. All of the music you can choose based on based on nearly anything. So we ended up choosing a bit of music from there, which, which again, has been quite fun to work with. The bit that I like about, you know, toying with so much AI tool, I think the experiment itself, it's, it, there, there's beauty on it because you learn from it and we learned a lot of what works and what didn't work. But I got a lot of feedback and, and I think Michael, you and I were discussing this offline. Like, you know, I have like literally friends slash marketing colleagues uh, from the past in Asia that were saying that even for themselves, people in my generation, like, you know, in the 40s, they said that, you know, they now get it, you know, that they they get what, what that means, right? So I think that was super fun. And just beyond ChatGPT, I think in, in general, AI has so much potential if used correctly, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think 
in the if I think about my previous experience, we 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 applied machine learning, for example, on you know website at a certain point where we were getting an indecent number of leads from the from the website, which is a good problem to have. But obviously, you're trying to make sure that the quality of the opportunities you're passing along is great. And as a test, we we built an algorithm just to auto reject the bad leads. Let's call it you know people that with all their intentions, good intentions. They wanted to know more about Bloomberg or whatever, but they were they owned a corner shop that will never buy Bloomberg terminals, right? So right. it was amazing. Like the number of opportunities in the end of the funnel didn't change at all, but we were auto-rejecting 500 leads, you know, monthly basis. So it's not just chat GPT. I think my, my point here is that as long as you're not just applying AI for the sake of applying AI, I mean, playing like we were doing is is great and you can just do it for more ideation and brainstorming. But when you're in production, if you choose the right applications, this is real. Like, you know, it, it adds value. The Certified ANA Marketing Professional or CAMP program is a rigorous 35-hour online certification program developed specifically with the ANA marketer in mind. Covering the entire marketing process from brand strategy and activation to marketing implementation across digital and analytic platforms, CAMP represents the full spectrum of the marketing universe. To begin your certification, go to ana.net slash camp future. A thousand percent. And I just love it that uh, some of those things I didn't even have an idea where AI generated from the, the video, but it's a microcosm for how the future of everything's going to work. AI working with different AI that all has a special task. And then with the oversight of a few brilliant human beings, there's real legitimate magic that's p possible. So we just talked about how there are a ton of other AI platforms out there. There are a ton of other language generation AI platforms out there. But right now is really ChatGPT's time in the sun. What do you attribute to that platform in particular getting such a spotlight when it's far from the only player in the game? From my perspective, as I mentioned before, you know, I've been exposed to real projects in AI that have been very successful in the past. But I guess... The first thing that brings this one down to earth for many of us, not only for work, but also in our personal lives, is, is the generative side of things, right? It produces things that are a little bit more tangible, like, you know, I'm not going to spoil anything from the video, but, you know, you, you will be able to, like, ask for, hey, write my CV, and people can get really lazy, and actually you get a really good CV written, right? Um, <laughs> you know, you can... It, it, I, as I said before, I'm a, I'm a tech engineer. You can ask, you know, uh, ChatGPT to write code for you, and then you tweak a few things, and it's operational and it's efficient. You can write a website page and the code behind it, and so on. So I think the first thing is the aspect that is very tangible you can get, not only for work, but if you're writing something like, oh, can you write me an email for someone that I want to date? It will do it, right? So it's very. Also, it goes down to the personal level, and I do think that then the other two things that I've observed you know and, and this is just my opinion but the timing was smart you know they they come out to market caveat that you know it was a it was a prototype um but that meant that they went early right earlier than other brands and you know um we know what's happened afterwards you know with with other brands like google and microsoft working on it and so on and so forth so everybody has been trying to play but they were one of the early uh, ones to go to market 
And then the second thing is by making it so public and available free, you then are teaching the machine, you know, almost for free. I mean, you have, you need a lot of compute power in the back end and they have it, but that means that you have a lot of, you know, space to test, right? So I think, you know, in a way that it's been a bit genius, the way that they've made it public is also a PR machine, right? Uh, which is fantastic. It's a dream of any CMO, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with all of Gonzalo's points. I think, and I mean, there's there's tons of different AI tools available on the market. And if we look even specifically at kind of language generating and this natural learning process, there's even tons of tools in that space. So I think it's a highly competitive space right now. I think what helped ChatGPT to really stand out is the way that it can feel so conversational and it's so easy to use. I think a lot of other tools are much more complicated. It's not something that everybody can just sit down and more or less have a conversation with, with a robot. So I think that quite helped. Completely agree with Gonzalo on the timing thing. But um, I mean, this whole intuitive design led to massive growth on the platform and massive PR around it. So I read a stat not so long ago that it actually hit 1 million users in only five days. And as of March, it's up to 1.6 billion if you compare that to some other technology that was super innovative when it came out, you can look at Facebook. It took them 10 months to hit 1 million users. Even Instagram took two months. Netflix took three and a half years. So the, the growth trajectory has just been massive. And I think press couldn't avoid it, which, which just fueled the fire a bit. Yeah, I didn't realize we had cracked a billion half a billion users ago that is that is wild to me it makes perfect sense but the speed is absolutely insane and i think you both just made a lot of really insightful points as to why ChatGPT kind of has this big spotlight on it uh obviously we're going to go through a lot of iterations as ai becomes uh more and more and more sophisticated and the the opportunities just grow and grow and grow exponentially but let's talk about AI now. I know we like to theorize how a what AI might be capable of in the future and and what this new AI powered world's going to look like, but how what can it do right now to help us in our day-to-day lives? So, first of all, I would just touch on one point which has been a huge topic at least where I'm living in Europe, which is it has some downfalls to it, right? Which we can't really ignore. ChatGPT currently has some privacy issues that that are being debated in various different countries. So I think as it develops, it it will continue to get better. Currently, though, there's tons that AI can do. So if we look specifically at at something like ChatGPT, it can really help us to work faster, especially on a lot of the stuff that, quite frankly, we as humans don't necessarily want to spend our time doing. So it allows us to be a bit more strategic. And that makes me super excited and makes the teams that I work with super excited. So for example, in the marketing field, I've tested it with content. I've tested it to help with like SEO keyword lists, um, 
which also helped us to develop better search engine advertising. I mean, it can help with translations. It can help with writing social media and also helping to give some advice on tactics for developing kind of larger, bigger strategies. I think what's also cool in a personal way is it can give answers to so many different things, but it can it can also even support in writing code and developing apps. So as somebody who's excited about tech and only moderately techie in terms of writing code, it can help develop apps. I even saw on YouTube not so long ago, somebody used it to say kind of that they wanted to lose weight, they wanted to work out this many times a, a week, they had these dietary restrictions and then had it write an app about what food it should be buying at, what food this person should be buying at the grocery store, gave them a whole workout plan. And they were using this app in a matter of minutes, which, which is very, very cool. That said, I would still reiterate that it needs a human eye to cross check everything and QA yes. everything um, and ensure that any sort of sourcing or data is correct, but still it can turn around things quite quickly. No, I think Margaret nailed it in terms of the applications, right? Like we're, we're seeing it. And, and if you want to think about others, I mean, it's been using hospitals to save lives in some of the technology that is applied for certain procedures and stuff like that. So I think the, the cases are real from, you know, very personal, mundane stuff all the way to hyper sophisticated things. Um, I think, you know, we all know the stages of, you know, a particular piece of innovation. We all know what, you know, the website www was many, many years ago uh, when we all had modems that made funny noises and were very slow. And we know that now is almost like an old thing, right? Mm -hmm. um, we know when cloud computing, a bit more recent, was something that people didn't trust to put certain data. And now, you know, private and public clouds are basically behind most of our infrastructure. So... Each of these things always start in an area that they're exploring, then they have some real, you know, applications, but needs investment, and then they really mature. I think AI is such a big field that you would, as a field, you would say it is mature. Like all these applications are real. ChatGPT is so big that ChatGPT and the generative solutions in general, they are probably not as mature. They're not brand new, but they are like still in that curve, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What I would say, the only thing I would add, because I think Margaret covered it really well, is just that because of the power of technology in general, but in particular AI, the ability to compute, to be more probably creative, more human-like, right? And so on, it requires even more responsibility from humans on how to continue to develop AI, how to use AI, and how and where to apply AI. So GDPR is a really good example. Like, you know, th that kind of responsibility is down to both the private sector, the government, and so on. And, you always want to regulate these things in a way that you're not killing innovation, but at the same time, you know, kind of protecting, you know, sustainability people and so on and so forth. So that's my only, you know, as a techie person that I want everything to innovate and, and go forward at the high speed. But that's my only comment on, on or caveat. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I think that it's it's kind of why I didn't really bring it up, this debate around what is AI going to take everybody's jobs? You asked it at the highest possible level in the marketing world. 
But, you know, a lot of people that, well, copywriting has gone. It's like, I, if you have that opinion, you've never asked ChatGPT to write you a blog post because things become in very apparent very quickly why your role is going to be necessary. And yeah, and I mean, when you bring in privacy concerns, when you bring in misinformation, disinformation, when you bring in those things that may be logical, but to our common sense, we realize yeah. are absolutely absurd. Like that, that if we ever get there in machines, I don't think anybody in on this episode will still be above ground uh, <laughs> at the time when we're really talking about sentience or anything <laughs> like that. Totally. But listen, um, some silver lining there. If, uh, if I remember well, this was an article by The Economist, I think, you know, it was talking about, a particular experiment using chat GPT like technology AI in order to produce, you know, articles, journalism in general. And if I remember well, it was basically talking the fact that, you know, the AI generated uh, stuff made it always to the final 10, right? Uh, in so many executions and tests, hmm. but he never won. Gotcha. He was always a human writer. So yeah. there's always something about the tone, the angle, the, you know, so I think that's, again, going back to, that's where the human element comes in. So is it going to do, you know, 20,000 things in a faster time? Therefore, you know, we don't need as many people. Yes. But if if we are, again, responsible and we are applying that extra bandwidth to what we as humans can do and we make sure that we are protecting the style life, the lifestyle of, of people, then that will be a healthy growth and application of tech. Absolutely. And I was thinking about this earlier today. I think it probably goes across industries, but especially in marketing, there's always something you wish you had time to do. There's always an initiative, a fix, an evaluation, an assessment, innovation, trial and error. There's always something you wish you had a little more time to do. So I think if brands really look at this, not from a cost cutting way, but from a maximizing opportunities way, we're going to give people back the time that they spent making pivot tables and making PowerPoints and, you know, and actually get to some of these things that require sitting and thinking and ruminating and getting it wrong five times. I really do think there's an incredibly optimistic potential future here. And I don't want to just, they're taking our jobs to kind of obfuscate that. I, I do think you you touched on something interesting, which is actually something that GFK is already currently helping to solve in the AI that it's developed. So in its product, GFK Neuron, it actually does help companies to better forecast, better plan, optimize their sales, optimize their marketing, and allow the people that are kind of making those decisions to not spend their entire day in Excel, but to analyze data that's been enhanced with AI technology and come up with those correct decisions. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Futures Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you'll join us next week for the thrilling conclusion of CMO versus GPT, where we finally get to hear from Ruby herself. The Marketing Futures Podcast airs Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern. Have a topic or guest you'd like to hear on the pod? Shoot us a note at marketingfutures at ana.net. We'd love to hear from you. And as always, get everything you need to prepare for the future of marketing at ana.net slash futures. This has been a presentation of the ANA Podcast Network, powered by Odyssey.